Yo, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Beat the House Podcast, episode eight, with your host here, Justin Everett, aka Smooth uh, underscore seven hundred two on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys uh, follow me on there if you haven't already. But um, quick show today, uh, just mainly you know MLB and a couple N- uh, NFL stuff going on. Um, so we're just going to get into a quick recap. Real quick of, you know, the past couple of days and the MLB action you know, that we've been playing and, and giving out, you know, dating back to Monday. Uh, we had a play on the Rangers um, as a small home favorite against the Rays, opening up that series there. Uh, plus 103 uh, was able to get the win there as Dane Dunning, you know, battled against, you know, Shane McClanahan, who was, you know, for majority of the years, been one of the top um Odds on pitchers, you know, for the AL Cy Young. And, you know, he proved to be every bit of that until, you know, late in the ball game when he gave up a two run homer that ended up tying the game. And the Rangers ended up getting the win on a, a walk off fashion on a wild pitch. Um, so that win, you know, ended up, you know, giving us, uh, five straight winners he- heading into last night, uh, last night's Tuesday MLB card. And, you know, we had a, you know, five picks out of a full slate of games there, 15 card game, uh, but only went two and three, uh, some frustrating losses there. I thought it was some really solid handicaps in the, in the games that we lost, but just didn't go the way that we anticipated it going. Uh, did get a couple winners there though with uh, the Padres at a minus 112 over, uh, the Blue Jays. And the Rangers uh, winning game two of their series against the Rays with uh, Nathan Navaldi getting the start. Uh, Padres winning nine to one in a pretty much a blowout fashion. And Rangers, you know, uh, pretty much in control of that game, you know, for the entirety of the game, had a 5 1 lead. Uh, gave up a couple homers, and, but still ended up closing it out, getting the win, you know, at 5 3 with Will Smith coming in and getting the save. Um, but, you know, a couple of the, a few of the losses that we had, the Pirates losing, you know, 10-1 to the Guardians, uh, in game two of their series after getting blown out 11 to zip in game one of their series. And, and I thought the Pirates, you know, they was probably the, the team I probably felt the most confident in, in that, um, out of those five picks because, because you don't really expect the Guardians to, uh, put, you know, back to back games where they're, scoring five to seven plus runs and you know the pirates granted they've fallen off a lot from you know where they started the season at but you know they've been really good in the starts of their ace and mitch keller and he was getting the start for them um but he he didn't have it from the start he gave up four runs in the first inning and it's pretty much over from there as you know they went on to lose 10-1 so um, some, something that stuck out to me from, from that game and from this Pirates team, you know, overall, and I would just, you know, beware of, of backing them, you know, for the rest of the season, as they look like they lost their, you know, confidence and their, in their mojo, uh, with how bad they've been struggling as of late. Um, if they're not going to play, you know, any better than what they've, you know, shown when their, when their ace gets to start. So it's kind of hard to look. Um, look at this team and see them performing any better, you know, in, in any other situation uh, when Mitch Keller isn't starting. So 
if they're going to continue to perform that way, you know, I just buyer beware against the Pirates, backing the Pirates, and just look to fade them, you know, as much as possible as the second half of the MLB season is underway. Um, another another loser we had on the card, you know, my Yankees, um, you know, lost game two of this series against the Angels, is going to lose this series as they lost the first two. Uh, and Domingo Herman got the start um, against Patrick Sandoval. I thought this was a, a good, you know, opportunity for the Yankees um, to get some runs here, get some hits. But, you know, shockingly, um, they were shut down by Patrick Sandoval, uh, went seven innings, and they was only able to get two hits off of him. Uh, Glaber Torres, single home, a solo home run, and uh, Anthony Volpe, a uh, single late in the ball game that really, you know, didn't, you know, mean much of nothing late as um, the Angels cruise to a win there. So um, pretty, you know, pathetic start, you know, to, for the Yankees starting off the second half of the season with the uh, three-game losing streak as they blew, um, you know, blew an opportunity to win a game against the Rockies and losing these first two games against the Angels. And, you know, over the break, you know, I gave out a pretty much a, a, a long shot um, odds uh, on the Yankees to win the American League at, you know, eight fifty plus 850. And, you know, I was – Thought that the, you know, change to the hitting coach with Sean Casey would help and improve the bats, but, um, they've had some moments against, you know, some struggling teams like the Rockies, but, uh, overall it's just, you know, been more of the same so far. So I just think that their season now is just going to come down to how soon can Aaron Judge get back to the lineup and be healthy and pretty much uh, remain healthy. Um, as they seem to only be able to hit and produce runs when he's in the lineup. So whenever he can get back, you know, I've seen some reports that um, they don't have anything as far as a, a designated date or a target date when he'll be back. But I did see some things that there was hoping around the end of this month, around the 25th or 27th. Um, he's been increasing his uh, his workout regimen to get back, and he said he's been feeling comfortable and Aaron Boone has come out and saying that he's been uh, getting close to returning. So as soon as he can get back and healthy and get back in the lineup, um, hopefully this team's offense, their, their bats could, you know, come alive and, you know, get breathe some some confidence in some of those veteran bats as they continue to struggle, like Anthony Rizzo and uh, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, DJ LeMayu, and, you know, Josh Donaldson season is uh, sounds like it's done, you know, coming – uh, hearing from him, you know, they expected that he might have tore his hamstring or something like that, but he wasn't producing anyway. Um, you know, I hate to put it that way, but it's pretty much uh, uh, um, losing him isn't really losing much of anything because he's not the Josh Donaldson of old. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, they can turn it around here, you know, pretty quickly because they can't dig themselves in too much of a hole and they're going to need to try to get, get things back on track and uh, avoid the sweep against the Angels there. But moving along to the last card, uh, last pick on that card there from Tuesday night, uh, the Twins and Mariners. I had under seven and a half in this game, and I, th- I felt like, you know, it had everything right, you know, about this game. Uh, we got it at seven and a half. It closed at seven. Uh, we had two really good pitchers um, um, getting the start, you know, for the Twins and Bailey Ober and, for the Mariners, Brian Wu was getting the start. 
You know, each of them had a FIP, you know, lower than two. They was had a well below league average opponent batting average against each other. But, you know, by the time the second or third inning rolled around, you know, both teams combined for seven runs. Um, and the total, you know, sailed over the seven and a half as they combined to score 13 runs with the Twins getting a 10 to three win and being and the Twins being one of the 11 teams from Tuesday night that scored 10 plus runs. So, you know, if you had some some overs, you know, on Tuesday night, you know, you I, th- I think you, you know, made out pretty good as a lot of teams put up a lot of runs there. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's a, a juice ball thing or. It's just getting a little bit, you know, warmer uh, um, across the country and uh, balls are flying out of the park. But it was a night of offense for, you know, baseball and, you know, definitely in that Twins and Mariners game. So um, just learning a little bit, you know, from those handicaps and those situations. But I liked how things went for the Padres and the Rangers and going to look to continue that for the Wednesday card here. Uh, A full slate, you know, 15 games. But not every, you know, team has their official listed pitchers. So that means that not, you know, not all, you know, enough information or odds are out as far as, you know, digging in and researching and breaking down every game on the card, you know, like I usually do on a overnight basis. But we're still able to find uh, at least one pick for now, you know, that I'm on right now and, and have already up on my action page and, Going back to the Blue Jays and Padres uh, series and, you know, going to game two and I'm going to back, you know, the Blue Jays as a, a small home favorite, minus 115 currently right now. Um, they're getting, you know, just 36 percent of the tickets and 56 percent of the money and a total set at nine. Uh, Jose Barrios getting the start for the Blue Jays, as well as you Darvis getting the start, you know, for the Padres. And Barreos over his last three starts, he has a 377 FIP and a 203 opponent batting average compared to you Darvis, who's been pretty good as well with a 323 FIP. But he has been giving up a lot of hits as as his opponent batting average is uh, 284, well above the league average of, you know, 247, 250. Um, and the Blue Jays, they've been pretty good in uh, Barreos' starts, his 19 starts. They're 12 and seven and eight and two in his last 10, while the Padres are just seven and nine in Darvis's 16 starts and four and six in his last 10, as well as, you know, you Darvis, you know, I think he's benefited, you know, over these last three starts facing, you know, two teams that are, you know, well below league average in WRC plus. And the one time that he did face a team in the top 10 or better in the Phillies, you know, he did pitch pretty well and got a eight to three win for the Padres. But the Phillies, they went one for seven with runners in scoring position. And they did give up uh, five hits of the seven that the Phillies got in that matchup. So I don't think that, you know, he'll be as fortunate in this matchup going against the Blue Jays team, who I expect to bounce back as they had their opportunities to score more runs as they had as they went one for seven with runners in scoring position and um, they just weren't able to capitalize and come through with hits. You know, once uh, Joe Musgrove settled in, you know, after the first inning, um, they really couldn't get much off of him. But, you know, I expect him to, to bounce back, you know, as Darvis. Uh, I don't expect him to be as fortunate 
you know, um, going up against another team that ranks in that top 10 or better for WRC plus, you know, I did mention, already did mention that Darvis has a, a 323 fit, which is well below the league average there, you know, for pitchers. But during this same span, he has a 153 whip and a 383 BAPIP, which are both well above league average. So uh, expect the Blue Jays to bounce back and, you know, get some runs and some hits, you know, off of Darvish and probably earlier in the game. Um, and this is also um, the Padres also fall in, this, in, a, in the category of being a, a public trendy dog as they are a small the small dog um, in game two of this series, but they're currently getting more than 60% of the tickets, but the line is consistently moving. The early line movement is consistently going towards the Blue Jays. So, you know, that's another, you know, good factor to have on our sides here as we look for the Blue Jays to, you know, even up the series going into the rubber match, um, you know, for, for game two. So that's going to wrap up the uh, baseball talk. Um, you know, for the, uh, Wednesday card there, um, I might have a few more picks to go up on my action page once teams start to offic- uh, officially list their, you know, pitchers that they're going to start. Um, but right now they, it just has a lot of teams that are looking to see what they're going to do, you know, when their next starts with maybe some bullpen starts or some spot starts or things like that. So with a lot of teams being undecided, you know, still able to get, you know, that went out to you guys that, uh, Feel pretty confident in the handicap in the matchup there to just go ahead and back the Blue Jays as small uh, home favorites to get the win over the Padres at minus 115. Um, so let's move along to some uh, some NFL uh, news and topics. Now on our last show back on Friday, I did give out, you know, one player award in uh, Derek Carr uh, to win the MVP at uh, 4,500 uh, plus 4,500. Um, a lot, I think a lot of things stack up, not only for, you know, the Saints to go over their season win total, uh, but to win that division. But a lot of things line up for Carr to have, you know, a really good season as he looks to be motivated, um, with how things, you know, ended for him, you know, with the Raiders. Um, but I have a few more player awards that I'm going to give out as well with the, uh, division winners and season win totals that I already gave out. Um, you know, in previous, you know, podcast. Um, so let's get into the first one here. Going to look at the offensive player of the year. And I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey at 15 to one. Now he's going to have a full season, you know, with the 49ers and his numbers was, you know, pretty much off the charts since he became a 49er, not only from an individual standpoint, but also from a team standpoint. Um, you know, once he became a part of the team, you know, they scored, you know, 30 points a game or more um, in just about every game except, you know, the NFC title game when, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, went out uh, during like the first, you know, five or six plays or so. But uh, McCaffrey, you know, he finished the season last year with 1,139 rushing yards, uh, 741 receiving yards, and he had a total of 1,880 yards. From scrimmage, he also averaged 4.7 yards per carry. And, you know, as a receiver coming out of the backfield or lining them up out wide in different formations like Kyle Shanahan likes to put him in or use him in, um, he had um, damn near an 80% catch uh, percentage. So 
Um, that's, you know, up there with a lot of the top receivers in the game, um, maybe even better than some of them. So just having him, you know, there for a full season, his numbers could be, you know, even better. Um, you know, there's been a, a lot of news about who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Niners, but, you know, with the beat writers and the, the guys that I've been covering, uh, that cover the 49ers, that I've been following, it seems that, you know, Brock Purdy is going to be, um, you know, on track to start week one. And if not, they feel just as confident in what they've been seeing from Sam Darnold. So I don't think that would affect, you know, any, you know, um, Christian McCaffrey production. And they do have, you know, the 12th easiest uh, strength of schedule. So they're going to be seeing some easier defenses that they saw compared to last year. And, um, you know, it's he um, didn't make a uh, didn't get voted on as a uh, as a Pro Bowl player. So I still think that he's going to have a chip on his shoulder from that. Um, and just and like I said, just having him, you know, in the system for the 49ers for a full year with Kyle Shanahan, who's probably, you know, one of if not the best, you know, play caller and play designers in the game, uh, as well as with the uh, rest of the weapons that they have in San Francisco. I just think that Christian McCaffrey could just have an unbelievable season uh, from an individual standpoint and the impact that he has, you know, on the team with his ability to, you know, be a, a be a ball carrier and be a receiver. And, you know, he's even been put in situations to where he threw a couple touchdowns. So he's going to be a weapon that uh, Shanahan uses all over the field. And I think the only thing that can probably hinder his chances of winning, you know, offensive player of the year is if he, you know, had to deal with some injuries. But, you know, he did play, you know, 16 or 17 games last year. So um, I think, you know, he has a good shot of winning this award. So I'm going to move over to, you know, our next award here at, with Defensive Player of the Year. And going back to last season, now it was the first time that we saw the Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year come from the same team with the Jets. And I think that we have an opportunity for this year that will have the offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year come from the same team with the 49ers. As I'm going to look to take Nick Bosa to win the award at 12 to one. And it's kind of funny that he's the th has the third best odds, uh, when he won the award last year and he received a 98 per a 95% of the votes. Um, you know, Micah Parsons, Micah Parson and TJ Watt are worthy candidates. Um, you know, last year going back to the last four or five games coming down to the end of the season, it was pretty much a nip and tuck race between Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. But I think Micah uh, Parsons was dealing with some injuries that he was trying to play through and Nick Bosa just took off and, you know, uh, won the award going away. Um, but the Cowboys face a little bit of a tougher schedule this year. Like I said, the Niners face a little bit of an easier schedule. And, you know, the Niners, they did also make some moves on the defensive side of the ball that uh, sure up their secondary by uh, bringing in one of the top slot corners over in free agency in, in Isaiah Oliver, who was with the Falcons last year. So that can, you know, give that defensive front uh, for the 49ers a little bit more time to get to the 49ers, not like they need uh, needed any more time because they get there pretty quick. Um, but then they also added another key piece an impactful piece in free agency in Javon Hargraves, 
who was a, a, a big contributor for the Eagles in their defensive line. So just adding a few more pieces on that defense and that defensive front, I think, could you know free up Nick Bosa a little bit more and possibly give him a, a, some more opportunities uh, to get to the quarterback, you know, get some more sacks or uh, create some more pressures, force a little bit more fumbles or some strip sacks and things of that nature. And, you know, the 49ers defense also remains intact. You know, they was a, one of the best, if not the best defenses last year. They're not taking a step back, even though they lost to Miko Ryans. They replaced the Miko Ryans with another top defensive-minded coach and Steve Wilkes. So I uh, don't see their defensive unit, you know, dropping off. And I think that um, uh, Nick Bosa, you know, being the leader of that defense, you know, has a great chance of, of repeating and being defensive player of the year. And it hasn't happened often, you know, going back to, you know, Aaron Donald, he won it, you know, 20 in 2017 and 2018. And before him uh, going back to 2014 and 2015 is when JJ Watt won the award in back to back year. So I think Nick Bosa has a great opportunity to do that. Uh, I think he's coming into this season undervalued as he has the third best odds to win the award as well as, you know, for offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey has the third best odds behind, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, you know, two guys that have already won the award. So I um, think the 49ers unit stays strong and they're led by, you know, McCaffrey and Bosa as I have them to be offensive and defensive player of the year. So, you know, that's going to wrap up the show there. Just a quick pod to get out to you guys with some some NFL a few more NFL bets and a play on the Wednesday MLB card. Um, you know, if you guys like what you're hearing, you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of good numbers on the downloads and different platforms that the show is on. But, you know, continue to, to, continue, to continue to run those numbers up. Uh, give me a rate, review, or subscribe, download the show on Apple, Spotify, or however you consume the show. Um, let me know what you think. And, you know, I have some more action for you guys on the Friday show, but, you know, best of luck, and I will catch up with you guys next time.